Rachel Hill landed a great job out of university. By her mid-twenties, she was making six figures and living in places like New York and Philadelphia. In theory, I had such a full, young life, but I was miserable. I was actually diagnosed with anxiety disorder and depression. I just thought, you know, this is what happens when you work 50 hours, 60 hours a week. I was working at IT, um, IT slash marketing. So there was a lot of inputs. I just assumed this is kind of what life is when you become an adult. At the age of 27, Rachel retired from corporate America and decided to travel before settling down. While overseas, she started a blog to keep family and friends informed of her travels. Rachel says that no other black American woman was backpacking solo and blogging at that point, especially not one who'd left a lucrative career. And in 2014, her blog blew up. And I was very, you know, transparent about my journey of depression and anxiety and how travel was helping me overcome some of these um, limiting beliefs and these fears, um, the amazing experiences I was having, how inexpensive it was, um, sharing my experience as a Black woman meeting people who never met Black people at all in the world. And so it was just like this beautiful and amazing experience. And Rachel remembers her first brand deal. The owner of the hotel she was staying at in the Philippines got wind of her blog. He checked it out and was like, oh my gosh, I see you have this travel blog. It looks great. Um, can you write an article for us, a, a review? Um, is $200 okay? And I was like, uh, what? Hell yeah, $200 is great, right? In my mind. I'm in Southeast Asia, $200 would easily buy me probably a solid two and a half weeks of travel, right? Of, of staying and eating and maybe a bus ticket somewhere. Rachel talks branding about overcoming setbacks, and she has some great advice for anyone thinking of becoming a career blogger or influencer. Rachel Hill on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So I'm really excited today because, you know, I'm calling in to a call for Run It Like a Girl from rural Ontario in Canada. And Rachel, who I'm speaking to today, is all the way in Mexico, which sounds much sunnier and much nicer than <laughs> the rainy weather I'm currently experiencing. But so Rachel Hill is a CMO, influencer and blogger. And we're so thrilled to have you here today for an episode of Run It Like a Girl. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. I'm really excited to be on the show. Fantastic. So you are our first influencer, I think our first blogger as well. And okay. <laughs> so I'd love to start because, you know, I don't think that's probably what people would consider a traditional career path. Although sure. certainly the digital world we're living in is changing what a digital career or what a career path looks like. So thought maybe we could just start, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to do what it is that you do. Yeah. So I actually have a quite of an interesting start. So hello, everyone. I am Rachel Hill. And I actually kind of had the trajectory of what we call the American dream, right? So and I think this is kind of true across many countries where, you know, your parents want the best for you. You know, they send you off to university, you do really well, and then you go get a really good job. And then you meet someone and you get married and you have the 2.5 kids and the dog and that is just kind of like your life story. And you know what? I went along with it and I, I went to university. I did well. I 
um, got a really amazing job at a great company that um, by the time I was in my mid-20s, I was making six figures. I was living in New York. I lived in Philly. So in theory, I had such a full, young life, but I was miserable. I was actually diagnosed with anxiety disorder and depression. I just thought, you know, this is what happens when you work 50 hours, 60 hours a week. I was working at IT, um, IT slash marketing. So there was a lot of inputs. I just assumed this is kind of what life is when you become an adult, not realizing that is actually not life, you know, um, having anxiety attacks and all of these different things. So ultimately, after doing that for about five years, I decided corporate wasn't for me. <laughs> and this is probably one of the dumbest and best thing I've decided to do, but I actually decided to retire from corporate America at the age of 27. Um, in my 27 year old mind, I assumed I could go backpacking. I could get this like travel bug out of my system. Like I, I felt like I hadn't done enough of travel and, and being out there and just kind of living my wild life before, you know, settling down with the, the kids and the dog and, and the husband and all those good things. And so ultimately, I was going to travel for a year, come back and to the States, get another job and keep it moving. What would happen was I did retire from corporate. I went backpacking through Southeast Asia. And at the time, this is in 20, summer 2014. So Instagram was a fairly new platform. Um, you know, blogging was kind of the thing to do. And then Facebook is where you shared like a lot of your just you shared a lot. Right. Um, and so then I, I started backpacking through Southeast Asia. I decided I was going to book a one way um, kind of do the thing that all the bloggers were doing, traveling, meeting people. And then I was going to figure it out. Um, and so I started Rachel Travels because I really got exhausted from you know, telling my parents what I did for the day and then trying to tell my best friends and then, you know, getting exhausted from talking over and over again and losing details and sending photos. So I figured, why not I just start a blog and then all my family and friends can just read it, see the pictures, and then when we chat, we can have more in-depth conversations, right? So I was actually looking at it more so from a, a project manager perspective as that was my, you know, career path. And from there, my travel blog kind of blew up. Um, and I say it blew up in a certain niche. So in 2014, there weren't very many Black American women backpacking solo at all, and especially through Southeast Asia, and especially who left such a lucrative and promising career to do such a thing, right? So it was unheard of. And I was very, you know, transparent about my journey of depression and anxiety and how travel was helping me overcome some of these um, limiting beliefs and these fears, um, the amazing experiences I was having, how inexpensive it was, um, sharing my experience as a Black woman meeting people who never met Black people at all in the world. And so it was just like this beautiful and amazing experience. And as I continued to travel, again, um, you know, there weren't very many women that looked like me doing this. And because I have a marketing background, a lot of brands started to reach out and say, hey, you know, your content is great. We love the transparency. We would actually love to tap into this segment of travelers, which we never thought, you know, never thought about. Could you help us from a, a consulting perspective, a marketing perspective, a content perspective? And so from there, I 
then the word went from blogger to influencer. And so somehow I became named an influencer and I just kind of rolled with it because I'm like, yeah, this is cool that I'm influencing people to make decisions about travel. I, I wasn't trying to convince people to quit, but I was trying to convince people who were following me to experience these new and different destinations. And so ultimately I did that for six years. And in 2019, I decided to retire from that and now move more so into the marketing consulting uh, perspective. So that's kind of try to make that long story as short as possible. <laughs> that's so interesting. And I, and I love um, how you talk about as a, as a black woman going over there and actually meeting people that had never seen someone like you before. And Absolutely. then, you know, and what that must have felt like for your readers who can finally start seeing people that look like them doing things that they want to do and absolutely someone with a voice that can help kind right. of promote that so I just want to I want to ask you so you actually had and this is going way off script so I'm sorry but um so you actually had brands reaching out to you so that's how you make money doing it is by brands wanting to either have you plug them or or mention them or something like that is that how how it happens so that is one of the ways that um, I would get paid, but I actually still get paid from creating digital products, which brings me into the business side of um, being an influencer. And I did find, and I'm grateful for you know my knowledge in marketing and having worked in a corporate setting and really understanding processes and really understanding business from an enterprise perspective and being able to take those same foundational pieces and bring it down to you know, an entrepreneur, travelpreneur, solopreneur perspective. Um, and what I was seeing is initially a lot of bloggers were making money from brand deals, which was cool. Um, but I knew brand deals didn't come as frequently as people um, think they come or as um, as frequently or pay as much as people think that they do. Right. Unless you're really good at negotiating, which is a learned skill. Right. If you if you aren't, you know, comfortable doing it out of the gate or again, at this time, this was fairly new. So brands weren't sure how much to pay early on. Um, influencers or bloggers weren't sure how much to um, ask for early on. Um, and then the other method of payment was like um, ads on your blog. But as I started to travel, I was meeting these people who were much younger than me and they were making so much money online. And I was like, no way, you have to, you have to teach me whatever you're doing. So I actually met a young man and I, I always talk about him. I met him, he's from Ireland and we were in Bangkok and he was, you know, just casually telling me about, you know, how much money he was making online on Fiverr and, you know, how he was doing this whole thing. And I was like, wait, what? And so I made him sit by me and show me what he was doing. And, you know, I'm grateful for him because he kind of was able to show me how to do it from, again, the the entrepreneur, the solopreneur perspective. Right. Like when you're in an enterprise, in a in a corporate in a corporation, you have lots of resources. You have lots of money to play with, lots of software. You have all of these things. Right. That you can just easily grab and utilize when you bring it down to the I'm, I'm the only one in my business level, you kind of have to learn a lot of these pieces and how they work together. And so just again, traveling allowed me to meet this young man that I would have never met any other time in my life, who would show me how to make money off of my expertise, who would show me how to monetize in other ways outside of just brand deals and outside of traffic to my website. 
And so the way that I started to get paid early on and the way that I still get paid and and what I do now helping other travel brands also monetize their expertise is through digital products like guides, through courses, through, you know, consulting, um, through books, ebooks and um, physical books that I also have on Amazon. So that's actually where I started to um, monetize the brand and which allowed me to travel a lot longer, which allowed me to also live abroad early on as well. I think that's I think that's fascinating. And I love, um, you know, travelers helping travelers. And just uh, for some of our audience that might not know, Fiverr is a digital platform, right, where you can go and you can get any kind of services. I know I've actually had my resume yes. done and you can get it done at a very reasonable cost. That is a five or five bucks might be a yeah. little more than that or whatever. But it's a very um, economical way to get either. I got my logo, actually, from running like a girl from there. Um, yes. So it's a it's a pretty cool platform. and Anybody should kind of check it out because you can find some really neat things there yeah you can literally find like you said logos i've hired people to create book covers to format books for me to make presentations a lot of things that we don't necessarily want to do or have the bandwidth to do i would highly suggest a site like fiverr or upwork to outsource a lot of this to people who are much better than you an expert (laughs) in in whatever that field is and for the small investment it's totally worth buying your time back so highly recommend absolutely um so i'd love to ask you so you know i've been doing my podcast for a few years now and every once in a while a company has approached me about about sponsorship or advertising but the companies that have approached me i haven't quite felt that they kind of align with what i'm trying to achieve or what i'm trying to do so i haven't said yes to anyone to this point i would love yes. to know from your perspective how do you decide what companies or individuals you're going to align with and what should people be considering um like someone like me you know what 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 would you say to people about that yeah so one of the things that i like to talk about i you know i think a lot of times influencers just assume oh i'm working with a brand it's all good let me just you know, someone wants to work with me, I'm just going to do it, right? But you do have to think about your alignment with the brand from your personal views and also thinking about your audience, right? Um, There are certain things that I may enjoy personally that I know the majority of my audience does not enjoy. As an example, I I, I do some extreme sports. I'm a scuba diver. Um, I, I do some other really crazy things. I've done other crazy things. And I know a majority of my audience isn't interested in scuba diving, probably won't take the time to, you know, get certified and do all of these things. And so for me, it doesn't necessarily make sense to partner with a, a brand, a scuba diving brand, as an example, um, for my audience. However, if it's something personal, then for sure. Now, if it's an airline that wants to partner with me, that makes more sense, right? Because the airline is kind of all encompassing. Um, most people want to travel. They're just looking for the best deals. They're looking for unique destinations. And so with that, for example, I worked with Norwegian Airlines. Norwegian Airlines is is a Scandinavian uh, airline company. And so their big push was to try to get Americans at the time and Canadians to travel to Scandinavian countries. Right. And so they reached out to me to say, hey, we would love to reach out to you and target black American travelers to convince them to come to, you know, to Finland, right? When how many people can raise their hand and say Finland's on their top 10? Not many of us, right? But that makes a little bit more sense to my brand to say, hey, I love to travel. I love to go to these, 
unique destinations. Um, and I think my my audience would also find value in in this, right? In this partnership is mutually beneficial. And that's always what I say. Is this mutually beneficial? Beneficial to you as the creator and beneficial to the brand as, you know, the, the brand that will actually be paying you, right? And also you have to think about from how much you charge, is it worth your time? So if you, if it takes, you know, several hours to create a video and content and edit photos and put on makeup and get your outfit and make sure the lighting is right, all of those things cost money. If they don't cost money, they cost time. And you also have to figure out how much is your time worth. And so if a brand is offering you $100 and it takes you five hours to put together a piece of content, that probably isn't worth your time, right? So then you have to think about it is how, how much am I worth or how much am I willing to say that I'm worth? And you have to kind of maneuver from there and then you can go into negotiation. And, you know, that is such an interesting topic too, right? And I think that's, you know, across the board for anyone, even if it's you're going to a company and they've offered you a salary, Right. And in, yes. in, in how much are you willing to take that? Do you counter? Do you uh, where do you what's the starting point from? How did you start with that? Like the first time you were approached, how did you think through what it was that you were um, thinking was a fair amount to get paid? Yeah. So actually, the first time I got paid, it was I think. I was in the Philippines. This is so random. I was in the Philippines. I was there to scuba dive and I was on this cute little boutique um, hotel and I was actually uh, emailing the owner who was living in the UK at the time uh, back and forth about some things and I just happened to have my signature had my, my travel blog in it. He checked it out and was like, oh my gosh, I see you have this travel blog. It looks great. Um, can you write an article for us, a, a review? Um, is $200 okay? And I was like, oh, what? Hell yeah, $200 is great, right? In my mind, I'm in Southeast Asia. $200 would easily buy me probably a solid two and a half weeks of travel, right? Of, of staying and eating and maybe a bus ticket somewhere. Um, and so I just looked at it as that, like, okay, $200 here will take me a solid two weeks if I kind of budget it the right way. So at the time that I could do it and I was writing and because I was so excited, writing a blog wasn't that difficult for me, right? Like I was excited to share. And so I was able to blast through a blog post in less than an hour. I already had photos because I was there. I was taking pictures anyway for my own personal thing. So that's kind of like my first brand deal. And from there, I realized this is this is a thing. And if someone will pay me $200, then surely they will pay me more. And so I was just started. I And from there, I just started to ask for a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, and then it rolled into, you know, from images, well, from blog posts to then social media. Like I said, Instagram became a big thing. And then video. So it just kind of like was a, a small snowball. And then I also started to invest in the business or invest in myself as a creator, as an influencer, and started going to different conferences um, and being in different, you know, groups, as if you will. And from there, I was able to ask questions to other bloggers, other content creators, like, hey, you know, what do you normally charge for this? Or, you know, um, how would you go about thinking through this sort of thing? And just getting insights. And I think that's 
some, you know, sometimes I think as entrepreneurs, we don't like to ask for help or don't like to ask for insights. And that's one thing where I didn't want to cut, like, cut myself short and just ask for what I think people had. And I went and started asking for what I thought my time and my content was worth. I like that. I like how you position it more focused on what you actually think you're worth versus what you think they can pay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember reading something that said it's so rude to assume that someone can only pay you X amount. Right. And when I thought about it, I was like, that is rude. How am I assuming how much Bonnie can pay for whatever service? Right. I'm just making an assumption based on my own, you know, limiting, limited beliefs about myself and about my worth Um, and having a bit of imposter syndrome, which I think we all kind of battle with. And started just to change my language around it. I think that I'm worth this much because it takes me this much time. So I need to be able to at least cover the time that it costs, um, the cost of my equipment, and then how much I think, you know, I should be able to make from that. And I just started to go from there and just work my way up. That's great. I, I think that's great. Um, so I'd love to kind of segue to something different. I'm just curious. how uh, How is the pandemic impacted the way you manage your brand? Okay. And so and with the, the pandemic, because I had already kind of taken a pause from the, or, or the retired from the content creation from the front, the front, front of the house view of being an influencer and move to the back of the house and help other influencers and travel brands. It kind of sucked because at the top of 2020, when I was ready to kind of like, you know, really dive in and help people and, and coach them and, and, and launch them and all these things, you know, the world kind of took a, I'm not going to say a bit of a tilt, the world kind of turned upside down. And with that, the travel and tourism industry took a complete halt. So there was obviously like a lot of uncertainty um, within the industry. But at the time, and because I'm so big about creating uh, digital products that have, um, that has allowed me to continue to create and to generate passive income, I was able to actually pivot and talk to travel brands about how to create digital products to continue to monetize their brands while we're waiting for the world to open back up. And that was the the initial pivot that I had, right? Like you need to create digital assets. We can't travel right now. We can't go to trade shows. We're not on planes. So you're not going to be doing trips, you're not likely going to be traveling and creating content. But what you can do is talk about, you know, when the world opens back up, could you create some sort of course on something? Could you create some sort of ebook or e-guide on a destination that will open up as soon as, you know, when the world opens up, people are dying to go to this place. Could you put some sort of digital assets together that people can consume now and they can get excited about now? And then that way they'll be ready to consume your services later. So that is actually how I was able to pivot my brand early on. And now that the world is starting to open back and people are slowly starting to travel and those sorts of things, um, I think it'll be a little bit easier to convince people to continue to create more digital products, at least to create another stream of income in their brands considering a major part of most travel brands incomes you know took a a bit of a pause a a lot of bit of a pause you know for the majority of 2020 yeah you know and I think that's really great so um obviously how important it is to be able to diversify the ways that you are bringing money in when you're 
that you can't be solely dependent on on something on one's dream yeah right yeah. right that and even sense. when it's not your you know you're in in your power right it wasn't mm-hmm. none of our power and so what do you do when the thing that was going really well for you get the whole world stops right but there is you know and and that was my my kind of like call to the world is like you can still generate income maybe it's not going to be as much as obviously doing trips or you know one brand deal that could bring you in a few thousand but it'd be nice to at least be able to generate enough to pay your bills or some of your bills while you're waiting or figuring out something else yeah absolutely so i would love to know um kind of you know what what's some key advice that you would give someone who has decided that you know their job isn't from them they want to they want to start doing something different something independent for themselves start blogging looking into the getting into the business of maybe being an influencer mm-hmm. where do you start so first do not quit your day job do not do what i did please don't um it it i think it worked out for me only because it was just the t- a timing sort of thing, right? Like I kind of came in when travel was becoming popular and Instagram was like a great place to share the travels. But please do not, do not, do not quit your job. I would say to take some time and really, to really take, to tap in with yourself and decide what you really want to do. I've found that a lot of people say, oh, I want to be an influencer, right? And not saying that you shouldn't be an influencer. I, I think if you are an entrepreneur, you are naturally an influencer. You are naturally, you know, educating people and inspiring them to make some sort of action, right? So, but I, but I found that people assume being an influencer will allow them this life of freedom, um, which maybe looks like travel or living abroad. And you can do all of those things and not have to be an influencer. So I think it really boils down to, tapping into yourself and deciding what do you really want? Do you really want to be able to have the freedom to make your own schedule and to travel and to live abroad and to, you know, work a few hours a day and still, you know, generate income? Or do you actually want to film videos and take pictures and write content and do all of those things, right? And I found that a lot of people are like, I don't really like to write. I don't really like to be on video. I don't know if I really have much to say on a podcast. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe being an influ- a traditional influencer isn't necessarily what you want. You just want freedom. And so being real with yourself is, I think, the best way to start, right? Because I think a lot of times people say they want to do these things and they start down the influencer path and they realize how much work it is, which I think as influencers, we don't do a good job, Um being honest and transparent about how much work it takes to be an influencer and the amount of pay that comes with it when you're first getting started, right? It's kind of like anything. You have to build momentum. You have to put consistency behind it before you kind of get to the place where you can, you know, travel for free all the time and all of those things. Um, So I would say it's not the traditional answer, but it's really being honest with yourself about what do you really want? And if it's freedom, you can still be free in crochet and knit. Perhaps you can create a course on how to knit blankets, right? Like, and that will allow you the freedom to receive income for something that you love. You can still travel. You can still do all those things. Um, but just deciding what you really want to do and what you can really share with people and then being an influencer that way. 
I think that's a great answer because I think to a lot of people, you know, looking in, it looks amazing. Like, who mm-hmm. wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to travel all over the world and, and take pictures? But it's the work behind all that that they're not necessarily seeing. So you right. really need to make sure that what you're doing is what you're passionate about, if that's what you're looking for, the freedom from the typical nine to five to focus on something you love and something you're passionate about. And that, you know, you have and to that you can be. And you could be consistent with, right? Like, are you going to be consistent? Like you said, you've been running the podcast for years. Are you going to be consistent with putting out, con- finding consistent guests, putting it out on a regular schedule, getting it edited, you know, like all of those things, right? Are you going to be consistent with posting uh, TikTok videos or YouTube videos every day at great quality, right? And great and valuable. If you can't be consistent with any of these things, then maybe that form of influencer may not be for you. So that's why it's so important to decide what can you do every day that you won't get exhausted over or you won't get exhausted sharing with people about it, right? So I say start there. Like, what can you share? And I have friends here who, you know, love to talk about cryptocurrency. That that really lights them up and they, you know, really want to talk about that. People who, you know, talk about, like I said, I have a friend who does um, – crocheting and knitting and she really loves it and I had no idea about the different loops and knots and all of these things but she is like so passionate about it and you know helping her take her expertise and her passion and putting it online which would still allow her to live the life of freedom of being an influencer for people who like to knit. That's amazing. I love it. Um, And so I'd love to ask you and I think you spoke a little bit about this in terms of the pandemic and having to pivot but um you know, how do you overcome setbacks and find your drive to continue doing what it is that you want to do? Oh, my goodness. So I definitely have had several setbacks. <laughs> and, you know, I am one of those over overachieving perfectionists. I'm a Virgo. Apparently, that's like a part of <laughs> our <too>. traits. <laughs> and so when I do have these setbacks, I'm always trying to figure out, like, what went wrong? How can I fix it? Um, what can we do next time to like patch the holes up and all those things? And I think sometimes when we experience these uh, setbacks or these pauses, that's really what it is. It's not necessarily a setback, but I look at it now after several lessons of this, right? Like it wasn't an overnight thing, but taking the time and say, maybe this is where my pivot is. Um, and I say that because I've burnt out several times. There was even a point where I've stopped working for a year. Literally, I was so tired of just the nonstop travel. It wears on your body, wears on your mind when you think about the time zone changes and the the content and trying to maintain relationships and, you know, and, and content and all of these things. And so when there is a setback, I just take a moment to rest. And I think as as women, we don't rest enough, <laughs> you know, and I can say that across the board. We are always doing, we are multifaceted beings and which is a superpower, but sometimes even superwoman needs to take a break. And so when I have those setbacks, I just take a moment to say, it's okay for me to take a week and just breathe and to rest. And I find that when I do that, do that, the ideas start to come or the, the solutions start to come or they start to present themselves. And then I'm able to make a more informed decision versus a decision out of desperation versus a pivot out of fear um, or out of uncertainty, but just taking a moment to like step back. 
I think that's my best advice. Amazing. I love it. And now, and maybe it'll tie in, maybe it won't, but this is our final question <laughs> that we ask every guest that comes on the show. And I say this every time. I love it because I love hearing all the different answers that we get. But if you could go back in time and sit down mm. for lunch with a younger version of you, what would you say and what would that conversation look like? I would probably, mm, I would... I would actually probably talk to my 20 something year old self while I was still in school and still in university and, you know, tell her, listen, do well in school, but when this is over, just travel, get it out of your system, see more of the world. Um, And not saying that I didn't see more of the world, but I spent so much of my life doing all the things that my parents and society wanted me to do, right? And I don't, at this point, I don't think anything is a mistake, but if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have, you know, put myself through anxiety and depression just to fulfill someone else's dreams and constructs for me. Um, And, and like I said, I know everything happens for a reason, but I would definitely go back to my 20, 20 year old self and say, listen, we'll get through school. But after this, do the things that you want to do. If you want to travel, which I always wanted to just travel, get it out your system. It'll be fine. You'll find a job. Like things will work itself out. Um, And I think I would also just tell myself like, you know, you're worthy of, of everything. You're worthy of amazing experiences. You're worthy of charging what you're worth. You're worthy of boundaries. You are worthy of safety. You're worthy of all of these things that I had to learn when I got to a breaking point. Right. So I think I would just start there with kind of, reparenting myself as a 20 year old probably that's awesome I love that um and it's so funny because I think everyone just thinks you know it's the you go like you said you go to university you do the best you can you get great grades you're going to be rewarded for it after spending 30 odd years working 60 hours a week you're gonna you're gonna meet that retirement um goal of whatever that looks like so I think that's amazing advice and I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible and I love that you've chosen a different path than you know you thought that you were going to set out to. Yes. And that kind of, Thank you. that brings us to the end of our formal questions. And then okay. we have three more, which is called the fast three, just to give our readers, our readers, our listeners, something to maybe read or something to consider uh, for themselves and their own growth. Sure. So the first question is, what is your favorite podcast or source of information? So my favorite podcast, I'm a marketer guy. So my favorite podcast is called Marketing School. Um, by Neil Patel and um, I forget the other young man, Kevin Sue, I think his name is. Um, I really love their podcast because it's less than 10 minutes per episode and it's like nerdy marketing stuff. So um, a great podcast if you are looking to elevate your marketing, no matter what type of business you're running, um, they give really good, quick and dirty insights that don't take a lot of time. That's great. I'm a marketer by day, so I'll be uh, checking that out for sure. Yeah, I really love it. It's like I said, they're quick and actionable, so I like it awesome. for that, for Thank those you. reasons. And what are you currently reading? So I'm actually reading a book called The Millionaire Fast Lane, called Conquering Millionaire Fast Lane: Conquering Fear and Self Doubt. Um, it is by an author named Praveen Kumar. I actually, it's funny that you asked because I started it today. I was on a Reddit forum. And, you know, someone asked, what's a great book that helped you reach your first million? And 
several people, you know, responded with this particular book. So I figured why not? So I started it this morning. So maybe next time we speak, Bonnie, I'll be a millionaire. Let's see what happens. Fantastic. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) And my final question for you today is who is currently inspiring you? Hmm. To be honest, I am inspiring myself right now. And I say that because through, you know, I'm very open and transparent about, you know, my mental health and anxiety and depression. And through this pandemic, I have been able to really hold myself together in the sense of just getting back to myself. You know, I started working out again. I started, you know, tapping into things that I used to enjoy again as a child. So doing puzzles, which I hadn't done puzzles in probably 15 years. Um, And so just kind of really revisiting all the things that made me happy, all the little nostalgic things. And by even tapping into those things that used to bring me joy that you didn't even think about has inspired me and and really stretched my creativity. Um, I've been stretching myself in the sense of my own limits around, um, excuse me, around business, my own limits around, you know, physically, you know, hiring a trainer and how far can I push myself? Um, Obviously not trying to hurt myself, but, you know, really during this time, getting back to my, getting back to who Rachel is, because I spent six plus years traveling and, and while it was fun, I never really had time for me because I was always creating, I was always moving. And so this has allowed me to really get back to myself and just be inspired by what is around me. So I would say that's probably, I'm inspiring myself right now. That is an amazing answer. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) And so that brings us to a a wrap. And I just want to say, Rachel, uh, it's it's been so much fun chatting with you and hearing your stories and your lessons and everything that you've done. It's just an amazing story that you have. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk.